Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another episode of HW Radio. I'm your host, Angry Jim, here with my co-host, Jack Smith. Jack, it's been a while since me and you have done a show together, but it damn sure feels good. How are you? I'm pretty good. It feels like we've been on tour, uh, just guest appearing on other shows before we came back to our own. But really, we really haven't gone anywhere. We've just uh, been doing everybody else's stuff. It's good to be back, just you and I. Yeah, yeah, it, it feels good, like old times. Exactly. Just when we're back when we started, you know, yeah. back when Hackstall and Hextall were just getting getting things going, you know. Jesus, did not expect to hear those two names. Not that it could get any worse the way the Flyers have been playing. Uh, they're coming down the stretch run. Uh, I think about a week or two ago, we were talking trade deadline. You know, we were looking towards the end of the schedule for the Flyers. And, you know, I mean, it was kind of a pipe dream. They had a 5 6 or 7% chance to make playoffs, but it was still absolutely possible. Um, now they've lost three out of four, some, some tough losses. They were beaten by Washington a couple times. Um, they shit the bed against the Maple Leafs, and, and they took a tough one. Uh, I mean, they came out flat against Montreal the other night. Uh, they find themselves six points back of a playoff spot, um, five points behind the next team in front of them, which was Montreal. So that was a four-point swing with that loss the other night. Um, not too much positives to talk about, you know, looking down the road here for the Flyers. Uh, how are you feeling about this team right about now? Well, I mean, going into next season, I'm excited if the right moves are done. It's like a nervous excitement, you know, like I, like things should be good. If the team was completely untouched, which is not the right move, but based on how they play, you have to be optimistic. Uh, they're just so much different from the team that started the season. Uh, but that being said, there's too much opportunity to really capitalize and just go from a bubble playoff team, maybe to a first exit playoff team to like, you know, Eastern conference visitors, perennial visitors, if they add the right guy and the right coach and the guys, a guy is available that shouldn't be available in Quenville. So it's like, this is rare. Let's jump on that. Uh, and as well as some of some, you know, really premier free agents on, you know, both offense and defense and the Flyers could use, they have the money, you know, you buy out a Mac or he's gone in a year, you, you save four and a half million from Leterre. There's a couple other dollars coming off the books. Like they have the money and they can work around some of the people they need to resign. So if they do it right. So it's, it's exciting, but they got to do the right move. So there's, or they could blow it. And that's what makes me nervous. So for this season, I've been done with this team. It's been cute. It's been nice. But seeing that, yes, they had a 2% chance. And that 2% chance, I think, got as high as like 10% before they like lost three out of four. And it's back to under one now. So it's kind of what I expected. They just like to break your heart. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic about the future. This season is dead. If anything, I'm, I'm angry with this season in the sense that they're not showcasing guys we need to see like Moran Talbot and some phantom players. Yeah. You know, like, you know, what's disappointing for me is we were saying the same things like, Oh man, Provorov's going to improve. Sandheim's going to improve guys like that. You know, maybe they'll, they'll call some guys up. They went and signed JVR and we're, we're in a worse off position this year. You know, I mean, I know, uh, they went through some things beginning of the year with Hackstall, Hackstall, um, you know, and now 
uh, Chuck Fletcher's here. Uh, I guess Scott Gordon is around. I, I, don't, I like the guy. We talked about it last night on Angry Negative Show. I think he's a good guy. Uh, he's proven that he can coach in the NHL, but I just don't want him coaching the Flyers next year. Um, like you mentioned, there's a, a coach out there who, who should be coaching. It seems like he was fired a long time ago, right? He was fired this year, though. This has been a long season. Yes, it has. Uh, wow. A lot's, a lot's happened. So, I mean, you know, for these young guys, maybe it's a, a growing thing. It's a learning experience for sure. Um, I mean, heading in the next year, like you said, they're going to have cap. There's some moves to be made. They need to, they need to hire a coach. It's just a shame that this season went to waste. You know, if they would have, if, if they would have made a move, uh, I'm not even sure if, if Hex, I think they had to get rid of Hextall in order to fire the coach. Right. Yeah. And as stupid as that sounds, it, it did have to happen. Like for all people to fall on the sword for it, just, I don't, it's unbelievable. I, I remember when Hextall got fired. That was like a weird day for me. It was like Hextall is still here. Hextall's fired. I believed in Hextall. Now things come out, you see the flaws. But like, man, I used to love watching the draft and watching him get rid of contracts and get stuff back. And it's like he was reluctant to add a free agent, and then he added JVR. But the one thing he never even attempted to address the goaltending. And the defense, the power uh, penalty kill, and just try to make the team better from now. And then when you hear him, you heard him talk with his exit interview, he, he was just so facetious. Like, I'm not going to add a 35 year old winger and give up assets. Well, you know something? Neither would I. Why not add like a 27 or 28 year old? Like, yeah, like I don't know why he said that. He's just, he's just being kind of a dick. Yeah, you know what pretty I mean? much. It was just like nobody wanted you to do that. We were not asking you to go trade two first round picks for like Thomas Vanek or something, you know, like get, make a smart move. Like look at the guy in Chicago right now, Sam Bowman. Like he's been, he's been doing that. He revitalized that team. Like he wasn't hankered down with some serious contracts that could make some moves or was able to keep Panarin originally. That team would be in contention again. Like look at Debrinkat and the, uh, Dylan Strome. Like, you know, he even got something for branding Manning for God's sakes. Hextall wasn't able to do that. So, you know, it is doable, you know, so his that whole philosophy is just, I don't know, it's just ridiculous. And how long did the guy want to wait? Like, Giroux's going to retire when he's ready to, when Hextall is ready to compete. So he did a lot of good, but as Paul Holgram said it best, he was unyielding in his approach, and his approach did not result in wins, at least not yet. So he set us up pretty well for the future, but we need that guy to start pulling the trigger on some stuff, and that's why this offseason is a big one. Yeah, 100% agree. So, like, we're looking ahead, and, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of people are talking. Um, the Flyers should make this move. They should make that move. For myself, I look at this roster, and I'm like, you know what? And a, a lot of people may disagree, and, and you could tell me if you disagree as well. Like, I look at this roster, and I'm like, you know, it's a young roster. I'm not sure that there's much more – that really needs to be added or subtracted, maybe like a, a tweak here, tweak there. And don't get me wrong. I know like a guy like Panarin would, would uh, pay off big time. Um, but they have the pieces. They maybe just need a tweak, maybe bring, a, bring in a guy or two. Um, you know, Carter Hart is up. The stud goalie's here. Um, they've built from the net out. Now they have Carter Hart, like, like I mentioned, and they have 
the defense and Provorov, Sanheim. And this is assuming that, you know, they all take a step next year. Provorov's the same guy. Uh, even a guy like Ghost, let's say they don't make any moves and Ghost is back. Uh, uh, pair him up with Phil Myers. And then they have three guys that could they could uh, rotate in, uh, in and out between Haig, uh, let's say McDonald is here, and, and uh, I mean, Gudis and Moran. So they have a they have a lot. Of, wait a second. Is that right? Two, four. They have eight defensemen. Yeah. They got some A's, man. They got to start making some decisions. I mean, that's why Moran has yet to get up and play. I think the guys that they really like, and I'm not even 100% on this because I think that Ghost might be in Fletcher's doghouse a bit, but, you know, their their core on defense really is Ghost, Proveroff, Sandheim, and Myers. And anybody else will see. Like, I don't think Hag's a long-term solution. I don't know. Gudis is older, and his style of defenseman, it's not exactly as premier as it used to be. Um, and we'll, we don't even know what we have in Moran. So I think those four is what they're going to have to add to. Um, and you'd hope they get, like, a nice solid veteran. Like, they don't have to get Carlson. Yeah, that'd be great. But, you know, they, 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 need, they still need somebody else to do what, what McDonald was kind of supposed to be and never even came close to being. That style of defenseman would be a nice add. I'm not sure who's available besides Carlson on D. Hang on here. I got it coming up for you. So uh, what do you want? You want UFAs or RFAs first? I would do UFAs. All right, so unrestricted free agents. Uh, I'll do the top five after Carlson available. Uh, you have Tyler Myers. You have – this is going by salary, by the way. You have Jay uh-huh. Bomeister, Alexander Edler. Who's, who's, he's older, but he's 34. Um, you have Achara. You have uh, a guy like Mark Method, Method. Uh, Mark uh, Method. Let me see here. Yeah, the names kind of dwindle off pretty quick. You have a guy like Jake Gardner out there. He's 29. Uh, you have hmm. – this list, this list really thins out quick. So I'll just go over those top ones again there. you got Tyler Myers, Alexander Edler, uh, Mark Mathot, and then uh, you have a guy like Anton Strollman, Jake Gardner. So hmm. that's going to get pretty, pretty slim pretty quick there, and I'm not even sure you really want any of those guys. Well, I mean, if you don't get Carlson, which is very likely that you don't, a guy like Jake Gardner sounds nice. Uh, he's like a poor man's uh, Carlson, which is still saying something. But I, he's going to get so overpaid, and I really hope the Flyers aren't the team to do it. Mark Mathot was his best years were when he played next to Carlson in Ottawa. So I don't see how he's not bad, but I really would. I'd almost rather go for offense and hold out and try to get develop our own defenseman or get somebody else next year or even make a trade. Uh, the rest of the guys, you know, Char's resigning. Edler's probably resigning and then retiring. Um, Bowmeister's like 38 years old. He is cooked. Um, you know, Tyler Myers isn't, isn't that crazy. Uh, about like five, six years ago, Flyers fans were hot for a trade for uh, Tyler Myers for, I mean, big time. Um, if you can get them at a reasonable price, it wouldn't be, it definitely wouldn't be crazy. Uh, it probably would mean they're going to move Moran or cut him at that point. They're very similar players. Uh, except for Myers has made it. Um, definitely nothing that jumps off the page after Carlson for sure. Um, I would love to hear that. Like Jacob Truba is like destined to want to leave Winnipeg and they swung a trade with them, depending on what they gave up. I think he's a good all around defenseman. 
but that yeah, you're right. It really does thin out, and it's I. This is why unless you get Carlson some ridiculous deal, I, I really aim for these forwards. They need more dynamic forwards, and they could use they could use a dynamic winger and Aaron, or they could use like another center. And you got like Hayes and Duchesne. I'm sure there's more names as well. Um, and th- that's the way to go this off season. I think that and a coach and I, I would be super happy. Yeah. Yeah. I would have to agree. I'm looking over a uh, list of forwards now and there's some names out there. Um, they won't be cheap. However, you got to like a guy like Jeff Skinner out there. You mentioned Matthew Shane, uh, obviously Panarin. Uh, you have a guy like Gustav Nyquist out there who could be a little cheaper. Uh, Ryan Zingles out there. Uh, let me see here. A guy like Anders Lee, you know, he could probably, he'll probably end up re-signing, I would assume. Uh, Matt Zuccarello's out there. Again, these guys are all past 27, so not, you know, not really any young guys. Uh, actually, you know what? Hayes, Zingle, Skinner, Panarin, Duchesne, they're all within 27, 28 years old. So there's some names out there on offense for sure. Um, so I guess what I would like to see, uh, I would like to see them go get a coach obviously. And, you know, maybe add a piece, just, just a piece, you know, uh, I, I don't, as much as I want them to, I don't see them going out and getting a guy like, uh, Panarin, Skinner, uh, Duchesne. I just don't see it happening. Um, I think they have the young pieces in place and, you know, we're saying the complete opposite last year, you know, like, Oh, hang on to the young guys. Let them develop. And now this, I'm sorry, we're saying they got to, for me, I was saying trade for somebody, go do something. And now I'm like, you know what? Don't break up the core because you got a good young core. If you're going to make a move, you know, move a guy like Voracek, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying, and you're not wrong. But the way I'm looking at it, and this is the best, um, this is the best analogy I can come up with, my uh, a friend of mine back in the day used to play a lot of Madden and he never got the newer versions. So I remember it was like 2009 and I'm playing like Madden 05 with Ray Lewis on the cover. <laughs> and he had this like fantasy team he drafted. He's the Eagles. He's got like Tom Brady's his quarterback and he's got uh, T.O. is one of his receivers. And he, he like lost in the first round of the playoffs. Right. I I would play. I was playing with him, and then he's like, "Tell me what the off season. Tell me what we should do." He goes, "Dude, I got a hole at linebacker. I got a hole at corner. I could use some more offensive line help, and yada yada yada." So you know what I did, Jimmy? I added Randy Moss to go along with To, <laughs> and we won the Super Bowl. See what I'm getting at here? Yeah. So that's what I feel like the Flyers could do. You know, you add. And I, but one thing I do agree with you completely on, with Panarin especially, is I have a feeling they're going to be in the mix, but they're not going to be like the, one of the finalists. You know, like, oh, Panarin's down to New York, Islanders, Rangers, Florida Panthers, and the Flyers are on the outside looking in with him. So then you go over to Duchesne, and I think it's going to be like Columbus and one or two other teams. And I think the Zingle resigns with Columbus. And I think Zuccarello resigns with Dallas or goes back to New York. So it's like Kevin Hayes, uh, they might be closer with him, but I really, I don't know his mindset. I don't know where he's from or what. So it's like already I'm like whittling down the list. So I hope they get somebody. I hope they go balls to the wall for somebody, but I don't know who that somebody's going to be. And I was really hoping to be Mark Stone, but he re-signed with uh, Vegas. 
Yeah, so, right away too. So if that happens and we strike out on the free agents, you think this could be the first year? And I mean, you look at Tampa Bay's cap situation. Uh, Braden Point is like an absolute stud. Could there be an offer sheet? I don't think, I think this is the first year where it's not that crazy. Yeah, it should be interesting. I'm, I know I'm looking forward to the offseason. I mean, how, like, how crazy would that be if there was more than one offer sheet? You know, like, I think Toronto is going to get screwed. Uh, I can't see Marner signing anywhere else, but it, it should be really, really interesting there to see what happens in the offseason. Yeah, you got um, several names. I mean, I do think that the Toronto would find a way to match and trade Nylander to keep Marner. Uh, Miko Ratnan has been brought up as well. I think Colorado would match, but I don't think Tampa can match. I, just, I don't think they have it. So unless they get real creative, like uh, it, I almost it, feel like somebody should offer sheet them just like, you can't be that good. You're not allowed to be that good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, and not to mention if like these GM, or like if you offer sheet, we're gonna blackball you for the rest of the league. Um, I could see there being a player strike because they're getting screwed out of money. Yeah, it's really true. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we could talk about off season stuff all night long, but uh, I wanted to talk about a guy like Sean Couturier. I mean, he he had a breakout season last year, and, and he's like the prime example of why you should wait with a player especially the young guys like 2021, 20, 22, uh, you know, a lot of people would, I mean, it's crazy to think that some people were saying, Oh, Nolan Patrick doesn't have it. You know, we should move them now. Um, Couturier is the example of why you don't do that. You know what I mean? Uh, I think he was in the league for five, five or six years before he scored over 40 points in a season. That happened to be last year when he scored uh, over 30 goals and uh, over 70 points. Uh I saw a tweet, I think it was uh, Alexander Appleyard posted that he's the first flyer since John LeClaire to post uh, back-to-back 30-goal, 70-point seasons. Uh, so that, that's a pretty big feat. And there's still uh, – what? how many games left, Jack? Like nine games left? Yeah. So I, I expect him to add a little bit. And you know what? Like he's not scoring garbage points. You know, he scored the only goal against Montreal. Uh, and it was the only way you were going to beat Carey Price that night, by the way. Like – uh, it was a dirty goal. And, and can I just mention this real quick? Like when you go to a Flyers game and you yell shoot all game long, do you, do you know how annoying that is? <laughs> right? Casual fans do that a lot. Oh, my God. Like this is Carey Price that we're talking about here. Like they're yelling shoot when there's absolutely nobody in front of the goalie. Like if you shoot on Carey Price from anywhere without a screen, he's going to f- – Nine times out of ten, he's going to save you. You're not going to beat him clean, right? No, he's too good, especially positionally. I think a lot of that had to do with the Flyers. That they weren't creating chances because they were so lethargic that whole game yep. and just had no heart or anything. The people just got restless. Yeah. And they were just like, just show me something, please. Yeah, yeah that could be true. So, I mean, I, I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but my like my, my point was Couturier scored in that game, and he, and he scored the overtime winner against Pittsburgh. He beat arguably the best player of, of our generation, and he scored the game-winning goal against Pittsburgh. Um, so he's, he's scoring the tough goals. He's not, you know, like Voracek getting the secondary assist, bullshit points. Um, 
so I have a stat here. I took out the first month of the season where Couture only scored four goals in, in the 12 games. Um, he has 26 goals, 40 assists in the 59 games since. So he's averaging over a point per game uh, since the first month of the season. So he's absolutely been on fire all year. Um, and he should be in the running for, what is it, the Selkie? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, it's a shame that he's on a, a – I mean, they're, they're going to miss the playoffs. They're not a losing team. But, you know, I think that may hurt him. And you have a guy like Bergeron who's having a, a fantastic season. He, he's probably going to win it again. Who Does anybody else come to mind for Selkie right off the top of your head? Just Kopitar. Kopitar. He's the only it. other player who really jumps out. Um, but, yeah, I think it's Bergeron's this year. He, he's been He's been, like, quietly like a top five player this year, Bergeron. Maybe even top three. Like, he's really been that good. He's just – because it's, like, a lot of defensive crap, it's like he takes more goals off the board for against, for teams he plays against. And that just goes unnoticed. Yeah, Selkie's nice, but it's no heart trophy, you know. Yeah. It's gotten more value lately, but that's just how good he's been. But that's what, you know, Couture has been compared to is a, is a younger Bergeron. That's phenomenal. Like, those players are rare. Um, and, you know, he did break out late, but I think a part of that was uh, – Craig Ruby always putting him in the defensive zones with faceoffs and expecting offense to come from it. it was like, yeah, he was great at what he did. He was like um, not even old enough to drink and he was shutting down Malkin. But um, he didn't get the offensive opportunities now that he has. He's got two goal, 30 goal seasons. It's great to see, especially because he got off to a little bit of a slow start this year and yeah. he's been horrendous. So to see that's great. Absolutely. So with, uh, did he, did he miss a game or two? I guess he did, right? Uh, they all kind of get nicked up. I'm sure he missed one or two, but no, like, significant major injuries. Yeah, so his his career high in goals was lit. 31. He has 30 this year with a couple games left to play. Um, he's he's His career high in assists was 45 last year. He's got 40 this year. Uh, points, 76. He's got 70 this year. Uh, his shots on goal. He's on pace for a career high, and the shooting percentage is on a career high, uh, 15%. Power play goals, he's got seven. Uh, last year, he had seven. So, Couturier, I think, is uh, – let's say, you know, Giroux eventually retires in a couple of years. Is Couturier a candidate for captain of this team? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not sure how vocal he is. But a lot of the Flyers' captains lead. Like you look at Mike Richards, you look at Giroux. These guys lead by example. They don't. They're not exactly the chattiest bunch. And I mean, I would. Who would you take anybody else over them? If you run down the team real quick, I'm taking Coots over Vorchek. Everybody else seems a little bit too young. You yeah, know the only I mean? guy. The only guy that pops into my head right away, and this is thinking down the line when, like a couple of years down the line, when when uh, Giroux hangs him up, would be Provorov. But he's a little younger than Couturier still. So, he is. I could see him getting an A for sure, but he's got to play better for me too. He has been better of late, but for what we expected, like he was my, he's been, he was probably my favorite prospect besides until Carter Hart came around, but just because I love that he, he kind of fell to us only like a spot or two, but that's how bad I wanted him. And he just absolutely dominated juniors. Then he came right to the NHL was good for two years. And this year made me like pump the brakes. And it was like, just so disheartening. So he's got a, He's got to have a nice – he's got to have a better year next year before I really get on that train. Uh, but it is nice to have that, like, cat, that stud defenseman who's a captain, you know, 
but right now, I think it's it's Coots and it's a little bit of a drop off before you really consider anybody else, at least at this current time. Yeah, and, and you know when I look at uh, just player points here, there, there's a drop off after. You know, the, the, I guess the big three, if you want to call that, you have Giroux with 78, Couturier with 70, and then Voracek with 62. And then uh, Konechny down there at 46, and, and uh, Van Riemsdyk with 43. Although Van Riemsdyk, uh, 43 points in 57 games. So, I mean, he had a slow – you have to wonder, like, if this team really didn't have that slow start at the beginning of the year, where would they be right now? Would they be challenging for, for the top spot in the division? You know what I mean? Well, you figure if they just go 500 the first, you know, start of the season, that that would give them a significant amount more points than they have right now, like probably around 18 more points or so. I'm doing this off the top of my head, but Jesus, could you imagine adding 18 points to where they're at now, where that would put them? Not to mention it would probably take away from other teams as well. Like, yeah, you know what, that's, that's, really that's how it's like that seems awfully generous, Jack, but that's how bad they were worth they were 18 more points would put them uh, about 96 points and uh that would put them in first place yeah first place in the division by two points and then you figure you take maybe a little bit away from some of the other teams for getting some wins or whatever it may 18 might be a little too generous but that's how well they've been playing right now and i only asked them to go 500 from whatever their record was the first half of the season so 18 might be a i mean is it ridiculous to think that nine more wins in the first half, gets well, them even, to even if we gave them ten to twelve more points, they'd be in uh, third place with ninety, and they'd be four points out of first. Yeah, they'd be comfortably in playoff positioning and just pushing for a better seed in home ice. Yep. And the way they're playing right now, they'd be rolling into the playoffs with something we never had—a hot goalie, as long as he stays hot. Um, you know, which can do wonders for you. So, and the team is on top of that, you know, offensively playing so well. Uh, I still wouldn't put them in the cup contention category, but hey, you never know. You can win one, you can win two. If yeah. you can win two, you know, you're you in the Eastern Conference Finals. You win the first round of a playoff series, and, uh, you know, guys start, they feel pretty good going into next year, especially all the young guys. I can't, I can't, I feel like I keep stressing, like, they have a lot of, they're a young team. Like, I think a Nolan Patrick is what, 20 years old, 21 years old? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, they're they're babies, you know, and it's like that's why now's the time to add a stud, uh, you know, another player or two because the get these guys aren't cheap entry level deals, and then they'll be on bridge contracts, and you know, unless you try to lock them up, uh, you know, in the short term, but that's why you can fit these long term these big contracts in and really go for it and take advantage of heart making like nothing right now and figure the rest out later, you know. That's true. Really good point right there. Um, they're going to have a couple guys in the offseason they got to resign. I think in TK, Provorov, I want to say Sanheim. Uh, you think Lawton comes back? Yeah, I think they spent too much time develop, redeveloping him in the AHL to be this like bottom six guy, and he's really paid off. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they brought Roffel back. If they did, it'd have to be for like one year and probably less than what he's making now. Uh, as much as I like the guy – you got too many other kids you got to bring up. We got what Morgan Frost, Rubstov, I at Radcliffe, Wade Allison. Like there's, and there's probably more. So I think, I think you have to move on from him at least. Um, you got Ryan Hartman. Now you're not going to not resign him after you traded Wayne Simmons away. So like right there, you got JVR signed. You got Giroux, Cooch, 
Voracek, Konechny, Nolan Patrick, Lindblom. Like, that's like nine, ten players we just named right there. So, and then if you add a top-tier free agent, like, there, I just – Ringerback Raffle just creates a cluster. You know, you're going to have guys in the box or shouldn't be in the box or in the Phantoms, should be in the Phantoms, and they can't be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... You're right, and so the Flyers have they have depth, man. And you know, as disappointed as I am at the way this season ended up, um, it was kind of like a you know the roller coaster where first half sucked. You know, we I talked a little bit. I think it was maybe an Angry Jim episode where uh, you know if they weren't going to make some kind of a push, I just wanted to see some guys improve, and I I think we got that. You know, they made a push. And at the same time, guys improved. Guys stepped up. You know, they they showed that they're capable of playing well. I think there's a lot to a lot to be excited about going into next year. I'm going to need some time to forget about this year before I get excited again. Um, but you know, hopefully, they do the right things during the draft. They do the right, make some moves in free agency, maybe a trade. Who knows? And, and you know, we'll get all cranked back up in September again. You know what I mean? The more I think about it, we just went over the roster and all this the more I really do want to see some kind of significant trade. I'm not talking ghosts or anything like that, but I really wouldn't mind them moving like a draft pick and hag for something or a prospect and a pick and hag for something or just make some room on the roster and get something significant back or decent. Like you have, we just have so much right now of depth and I want to upgrade and you can sign players. I just, I, I really want to see it like a nice solid trade. And the softs to go along with the resign the signings and possible offer sheets and a new coach. I think you got to move some guys out to create room and give your young guys a chance, especially if you're going to be signing free top tier free agents. No, you're you're 100 right, and I I assume that's the whole reason Hextall put the you know got all this depth together was because they're not all going to make the roster. So move some while you can, trade a couple okay guys for a a, a decent roster player, and let's go. Uh, but yeah, you got teams that are getting older, and you know if they're trying to offload a guy, want to you know not lose him for nothing, and take a shot on some young kids. There's a deal to be had right there. So, you know, you got all you're hoarding all these draft picks, but you have so many kids you're not playing. Like you can afford to move draft picks at this point. So why not? Like I'm su- I'm surprised nothing like that's happened already. But the off season, the off season where that those things happen more, and now this will be Fletcher's first off season. So. I, something, something's got to happen. I hope it doesn't get burned, but something better happen. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the reasons why uh, I was hoping the Flyers would make the playoffs is, you know, you get to come home after work, you look forward to a playoff game, blah, 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 something to do for at least a couple weeks, and then you watch everybody else in the playoffs. So it starts to drag for me, you know. Pretty much from here on out, we're looking forward to June, you know, and that's when the draft is, right? The draft, and then a week later is the start of free agency. Yeah. So, I mean, we're already looking forward to June, and we're in, you know, middle of March, which is kind of depressing. But, you know, if anything, it was just something for us to look forward to if they made the playoffs. Um, without getting too depressing, uh, actually, this might depress some of us even more. So, I, I was looking at Claude Giroux's numbers, and, you know, I, I was going to talk great about him, and I still will, but I just want to point out that, uh, he's on pace for the lowest amount of power play goals scored in a full season in his entire career um, with just two. His next closest uh, season with that low amount of goals on the power play is five. Um, 
So, I mean, that that just goes to show how badly their power play has struggled here. And, you know, it, I mean, they don't look the same as they did on the power play in, is in years past. You know how they would try to get Giroux that shot down low, right? They're, yeah, their power play has been a joke. I mean, for a while, they had more goals against than they had goals on the power play. Like, <laughs> that's it, they, horrible. And which, which begs the question, what the hell is Knobloch still doing here? I don't he know. You think he's like, going to stick around? I don't see it. Well, if Lappy can, I guess anybody can. Huh. But it, it's it's like he was this offensive juggernaut mind in juniors, but he had like some legit talent. Like I, I can't remember exactly who they are, but they're like legit NHL players right now when they were juniors. So he's looked at it being this like head coach of the future, and he's taken over an already good power play and made them suck. So I. I don't understand, you know, so I don't know what he's doing, why they're here, why he's here. So that has something to do with it. That's for sure. Drew's become more of a distributor, obviously, but I just, I, there's another change I'd like to see. Like, I don't know they got, whatever it is, they got to change it up and I can't blame it on Drew. It's not, it's not him. It's, the team in general, it's a little bit of Voracek. It's a little bit of Ghost. Can't hit the net anymore. Um, Simmons kind of, when he was there, he kind of, you know, probably shouldn't have been there. JVR should have been out there, but they were showcasing him for a trade. I'd even like to see Nolan Patrick get out there, even Sandheim. So because they stick to what they know, it just, it, it's like putting a round, round peg in a square hole. It's just not going to work. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Knobloch's there, and I don't see why. Like, I, It's like getting hired to do a job, and the company starts failing worse than they already were, and they keep you around anyway. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think we both want them to go get a coach in the offseason. If they bring in a, a new coach, I would assume that he would hire or bring in his own guys, right? It's probably one of his conditions to, be, to yeah. hire being signed, um, which is why – yeah, Scott Gordon, I would like to keep him with the organization. I just – I don't see how that's feasible. He's, like, probably at least shown some other teams who are looking for a coach that he's not half bad. So, yeah. why why take it – why be the, the top dog and take a step back when you go be a top dog somewhere else? At least think you can. Yeah, you're right. You know, and I think he's he's earned – I think he's earned the opportunity to coach somewhere. Uh, but like I mentioned earlier, just hope it that it's not here again. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, we touched on, you know, what the Flyers could do in the off season a little bit. Uh, I can't remember, uh, you know, if I asked you these questions already, uh, what is a realistic move that you can see the Flyers doing with the, with the roster, not, not coaching, but roster wise, what, what do you see them actually doing? And this, does this involve free agency? Uh, Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give you a. I'll try to give you like a trade and a uh, free agent move. Um, I'm not going to go out there and say the obvious. Well, they signed Panarin, you know. Um, I won't say a name free agent signing. I do think they attempt to add another center. Um, I would hope that be a higher end center, um, but like I could see them falling back and overpaying Kevin Hayes. Um, I do. They've needed a dynamic winger for Jesus since I don't 
Gagne, you know, was playing with Forsberg. Uh, and I could see them. That's why I think Panarin makes sense. But I could see them taking like a lesser version of that and plugging holes with several players and setting go going all out on one player. I can see that happening. I also can see them because they have to make room on the roster. I can see, I can really think the Hag could be moved. Uh, I don't think they would just take draft picks for him, but they might. Uh, you would hope that they would try to get a better player from another team because Hag's still young. Packaging Hag in a second-round pick for uh, maybe an older defenseman who's still talented but on a declining team and a contract that they just don't want to pay. I can see that being a thing. And I think they need to buy on Andrew McDonald. Uh, I agree with our friend uh, Negative Dan that they're uh, probably not going to do that because they're strange like that. But I think that's a realistic move that needs to be done. So I feel like I'll be slightly underwhelmed when it's all said and done. It's not like the I read an article where they were going to take Carlson and Panarin. Which, Jesus, that would be insane. That would be uh, insane. But like the biggest move that they probably make is Joe Quinville because I don't see a more attractive team for him to play for, to coach for right now, at least in my eyes. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think we're like a little underwhelmed, but I, I think we'll all forget about it if they get that coach. hundred percent agree. So what move would you like? What move would Jack like to see the flyers make and why? Well, I'd like to see them trade <laughs> Hag in a pick for either a better pick or a future better pick or a better defenseman. I can't tell you who. And I want Panarin. <laughs> I, I Even more than Carlson. Like, honestly, I, I just we have not had that dynamic forward in so long. And you want to fix your, your center problem? Well, sign Panarin, put him at left wing. Either leave Couturier up there with like JBR or held you know move drew back to center and bump everybody down you know it just could fix several problems it's just like when the phillies traded carlos santana got their shortstop to move their left fielder who was always a first baseman back to first base you know they got better they got made one move and got better in two two spots so i just that's my guy carlson would be phenomenal uh, I would take a number of these players, more of the offensive ones, but that's that's the guy I want. That's my dream guy. I mean, these guys don't hit free agency because they're at, especially at their age because they're studs. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. then of course Colville, quote Quenville, but that's almost not worth talking about because everybody wants that, and it's not like it affects our cap. Just go get the guy. It's as simple as that. It really is. To me, it seems like a quick fix. Like, because I, I think that this team has the skill. It's, it's yeah, and it's it's like the win now coach, too. It, it sends your fan base a message. It sends your team a message. It, it just It's just a statement. You know, it's like, okay, come take these guys seriously. This guy's got three cups. You know, he's worked with both veterans and young players before. And, you know, it's, it just makes too much sense. They have all the money in the world. They have an attractive team, attractive city. I don't see how this doesn't get done. I'll be really, I'll be really disappointed. If like, oh, and Joe Quenville's going to Edmonton. Like, You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> you couldn't outbid Edmonton, who's a shit show right now, because of McDavid. Like, come on, that's all they have, and then they're a cap hell. Flyers aren't even cap hell. They got all sorts of talent, older, younger, the whole nine. 
just bringing in a, a guy like Quenville would automatically change the atmosphere in the locker room. You know what I mean? Um, I think having a guy like Quenville in here would uh, weed out some of the guys who we think not necessarily, you know, they're not obviously hurting the locker room. This is just my opinion here. Um, but guys who I think could be holding the team back from getting better um, and maybe not even realizing it. Do you know what I'm trying to say there? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it is contractual. Like McDonald needs to just be cut. But if what you're really getting at with, like, I think that Quenville could step into that locker room for the first time and, like, look around at the players. And if they were, like, all talking and chatting, they would immediately shut up and look at him. Where if Hacksaw walked into the room, he'd be like, uh, guys, I, I have a speech. And they would just, like, keep talking. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, right, exactly. Uh, guys, because he has no respect. He hasn't done anything. He never he never was in the NHL before as an assistant. He was never in the AHL as a coach or an assistant. He got overpaid. He was, you know, he was only getting paid. Uh, I think Quenville's last contract was six point five million a year. Hacksaw gets six million a year, only five hundred k less, and he's never coached in the AHL or NHL. That's what? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Like it, no reason to give him that much money to, to make him leave college. Which again, he never won any kind of championships. He's got no respect. Quenville will demand respect. He will hold players accountable. They'll have no choice but to listen to him and want to perform. And if they don't, the player will be gone before the coach. And I think they know that. So that that's what we need. That's what I want. Like we, I've wanted that for a while. That's why I never liked Taxall. He just was a joke. And this could this could turn some heads, both fan-wise, league-wise, and it definitely in the locker room, keep these players on their toes, light a fire under their ass, and maybe they'll stop coming out to games all like they're walking through quicksand. Yeah, 100% agree. And I think he's a guy that, that could change the entire room. Um, so if you were to ask me what my ideal move would be in the offseason, and I know we, we can't say coaches, um, but, you know, if let's say um, the plan is to bring in a coach, I don't know that I would make the, the big crazy move. I would I would see how this team does on its own because um, I think they do have to re-sign a couple more guys down the road. I can't remember off the top of my head here. Um, but like I said, maybe a tweak here, tweak there. Um, I, I would like to see somebody come in and somebody who has a similar style to Nolan Patrick to kind of help bring him along, who can kind of swap in and out with the 2C and 3C. And then, uh, you know, add a scoring winger. I think, you know, if you bring in a guy that can play the wing and you put him on a line with uh, – and, and I think we're kind of seeing it with TK. Uh, if he's on a line – if he's on the second line all year without, let's say, Giroux and Couturier, I don't know if he has 24, 25 goals this year, whatever he has. You know what I mean? I think maybe he's got 16, 17, 18. So, you know what I mean there? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, and again, I'm not saying I want Jordan Eberle. I haven't really seen him play that much this year. I know he's only has 30, like 30-something points. Um, but I, I'd be interested to see how a guy like he, like Eberle would play with a guy like Drew. You know, I think he could still score 25, 30 goals. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, 25, 30 goals, big deal. Well, check out the Flyers roster, man. They only have one 30-goal scorer, and that's uh, – Sean Couturier. 
Yeah, and and that's why I want to see more dynamic forwards for sure. Yep. Um, it, it's that's just it's just what they need, you know. And I would like I like Eberle for sure. If they went they went and got like Carlson and Eberle, I'd be I'd be more than happy with that. But I still want that like stud guy, and they're, they're yeah. just available. The Flyers have money. Just come on, make it happen. No, and you're right, and and you're um. Your little, your football analogy was good there. You know, if you just because you're good somewhere doesn't mean you can't get better. And you know, the Flyers can score. You know, uh, if they shore up the defense a little bit now that they got the goalie in place, if the defense comes back around next year, they bring in a coach, um, they make a move or two here, they could they could make some noise. I think you know the, these guys are all going to be a year older. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking Nolan Patrick, I'm thinking Provorov, I'm thinking Sandhout, I'm thinking Myers. Uh, the list goes on and on. You know. Uh, TK, who else we got? I miss oh, Lindblom. I keep leaving out Lindblom. He could be the best. He could be. The, he could be better than TK offensively. If his skate, if he ever really gets better and stronger at his skating, yeah, he he absolutely could be. Yeah, so I mean, they're they're going to be fun to watch for a long time. I know that it, nobody wants to hear that right now because you know we're all kind of let down, but you know they put themselves in a position to at least make it interesting. We, we're seeing guys develop and. You know, halfway through the year, they were seven games, eight games under five hundred. That's all I asked for, and that's what that's what we got. Yeah, and it just feels like even if they did get just a minor free agent, but didn't lose anything else, it makes the team better. You know, I mean, especially if you get that head coach, and maybe they are, you know, no longer a playoff bubble team, and they're like a, I don't want to say Stanley Cup contender, but they're a playoff team. And then you start relying on your Morgan Frosts and your Isaac Radcliffe's and Joel Farabees. And they seem a little too far away, but maybe Rubsoff can get up here. Uh, Abu Bell. But like a lot of those guys were first round draft picks and expected to make an impact. So to add them to whatever they can add now and get that coach, maybe that can put them over the top. I just feel like that's down the road and might get into a little bit of. I see. I don't know where the league and then some of the other teams are going to be. So you got to take your chances of free agency and just see what happens. Totally agree. Totally agree. So we're coming up, uh, I think 45 minutes. Uh, I'm looking over my topics here and I'm running out of topics. So uh, you got anything you want to add before we wrap up? It's just that dead time of year where the flyers are out of it when they shouldn't be, but look at that. The game's about to start. Um, yeah, it's it's a shame. I, I real quick, I think the Flyers are gonna. I think they're gonna win tonight. I think I could see like a three to one win, uh, but I'm just being optimistic. But also, it's something the Flyers will do just to keep you watching, keep you around, give themselves an excuse not to play Talbot or Moran. Uh, but no, there's really not a whole lot to talk about because we know they're not making the playoffs, and it's another playoffless year. And when you consider when they played Washington and Pittsburgh. Were those really playoff years, knowing that in the first round they really didn't stand a chance and it's only the first round? I can't wait till this team is like considered the favorites in the first and second rounds because it's been quite a long time since that's been. Yeah. So the Flyers win tonight and the Blue Jackets lose. They'll be four points behind the Blue Jackets. Unfortunately, uh, the Canadians are beating the Islanders 2 nothing in Montreal. And the Hurricanes are up 3-2 over the Lightning with four wow. minutes left in the second. I don't. That could be a possible first-round matchup. 
And um, that could be a nightmare for Tampa Bay, I think, because Carolina is, is hot. They are. Ultimately, I think their goaltending will fail them, but I understand where you're coming from. They got the defense. They got they – got, if, if they still had Jeff Skinner, my God. That's uh, a really good point. I think Tampa Bay is playing Domingue tonight too as well. Yeah, see, there you go. And, I mean, if they saw Jeff Skinner, they would have probably moved, moved – they probably would have traded for Jimmy Howard. <laughs> Been like, all right, we're going for it. Yeah. Um, but they didn't. So, yeah, I think – so yeah, let's uh, let's watch the game, and uh, we'll be back next Thursday with uh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to say hopefully good news, but even if it is good news, who the who really cares? I guess what pisses me off is if yeah, the Flyers are four points out or whatever, and somehow they got to play Carolina, Columbus, Montreal, and then those three teams again immediately. They would lose all six games because whenever they have to get up and play the big important game. They don't even show up. Nope. Nope. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to throw your Twitter Twitter handle out there, I'll toss mine out there. We, we'll be back next Thursday with another episode of HW Radio. I uh, am, go ahead, Jack. I am Jack underscore HW Radio. I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to next week to talk about probably nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You guys can find me on Twitter at Jim underscore HW Radio. Um, let me see. Where I have something else I wanted to put out there. Uh, oh, Sunday. Uh, I have a, we're doing a show. Seriously, what the fuck? We finally found a female co-host. So, you know, we're looking forward to that. Should be a good time. And uh, I think that's all I got. So we'll see you guys next Thursday. And, uh, you know, let's go Flyers. But I don't know.